This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Necessary Roughness, brought to you by Southfield Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. With 11-year NFL veteran, Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year, and captain of the National Championship Michigan Wolverines, John Jansen. And 10-year NFL veteran, two-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle, and Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay Packers, T.J. Lang. Now, here's John Jansen and T.J. Lang. Well, it's Thanksgiving week. Turkey Day is upon us, which means it's obviously the Detroit Lions taking on the Chicago Bears and the one of the, the great traditions in Detroit sports history, and that's hosting the Thanksgiving Day game. The Lions are currently 37-42-2 on Thanksgiving Day. Hopefully won't, we won't add to that two at the end. Well, and haven't won <laughs> since, uh, what, 2016, too. Yes. It's been a rough couple of years. Yes, please do not add to the tie. The tie. I thought, oh. John, I thought we were going to have another one last week in Cleveland, too. Oh, <laughs> Just the man. way that game went. But. So, uh, you were there, and, and I do want to talk to you a little bit about it, but fourth and one with nine minutes to go. Dan Campbell has he's he's kind of he's gone the spectrum of being aggressive and being conservative. When they third and two, they rush, they pick up a yard, they get half the distance to what they needed to for a first down. Did you think that they were going to punt it or go for it? Uh, I was hoping they were going to go for it yeah. because the offense hadn't. Uh, I mean, they haven't been really in the red zone the entire game. They had one play early where they threw a little screen uh, to Amon. He gets down to the 10-yard line, oh, pass interference on Reynolds, you know, right. backing him up. That was the closest they got uh, to the end zone uh, inside the red zone the whole day. So, yeah, I thought, uh, especially after, uh, you know, getting the ball back there and you're down six, um, really felt like that was the time of the game to take that chance um, because, listen, I mean, you could say, okay, we wanted to kick kick a field goal uh, because our defense was playing well. Well, that should be also an excuse for why you go for it. Hey, yep. if we go for it and we miss it, who cares? Our defense is playing well, right? So you can kind of yep. use that excuse both ways. And, uh, yeah, I thought, um, you know, the, game, the last two games, I think, have dictated how uh, aggressive that Campbell has been. Uh, they've been in both games, obviously. They, their defense has been playing very well. Uh, that kind of dictates, I guess, in his mind a little bit. But, yeah, I would have loved to see him go for it, man. You're, you're that close. It's the closest you've been all day. Um, you know, these Swift, their only touchdown was, what, a 50-yard run? I mean, for a yeah. long run. Uh, they hadn't been sniffing the red zone the entire day. You got finally get down there. You got to cash in with with, with with a touchdown in mind. And even if you go for it and you still get stuffed maybe three plays later, okay, settle for a field goal. But that situation, it felt like it was a perfect time to – 
you're an zero and eight football team. Like, go, just leave it all out yeah. there, man. Go. You you know, know, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. And and to your point, if you don't convert, I mean, if you if you kick it off, they fair catch it. It goes in the end zone. You get the ball at the twenty five yard line. Right. This kick was going to be from you know a forty two yard kick. So you're only talking about what ten yards difference in where you know the Browns would have gotten the ball. Right. It's your deepest penetration all day. Um, and it just, it, I was frustrated because I thought it was a great opportunity to, to put points on the board, to take a lead uh, against a team that, yeah, your defense had held them, but Baker Mayfield's clearly banged up. Their offense isn't operating at what you would say high efficiency. Yeah. So with, with that amount of time left, you think, okay, if we can, if we could take a 14, 13 lead at this point. We got a good shot of, of actually getting a W. And it was coming off an interception, too. It was coming off of that, uh, man, who intercepted the ball? I'm trying to remember. It was, uh, oh, A.J. Parker. Yeah. Off the tip from Anzalone. And you get the ball back. I mean, at that point, you had all the momentum. A couple drives earlier, you scored. Uh, game was starting to get a little chippy. Baker's playing like to me. He throws you another pick. It seemed like you had all the momentum and settling for three. Kind of let Cleveland take a deep breath and, okay, guys, all right, we still got the lead. Let's go out here and, you know. Yeah. They still had a chance after that. I think just, you know, my my synopsis the last couple weeks is this third down uh, package. I mean, you know, that situational football when it comes to third down, they need a lot of work, man. And yeah. I just don't know if uh, they just, you know, hey, we're in it. Our defense is playing well. Let's not turn the ball over, do anything stupid if that's the mindset. But, that's uh, that's not aggressive, and that's how you need to play when you're this style, this type of football team, and especially the third and ones, the fourth and one. I mean, like everybody in the whole stadium, everybody watching the game knows you're running a dive. Like, let's just yep. switch it up and get a little rollout or play action pass or something in there, man, because it's just been so vanilla. And teams, I mean, I was watching Miles Garrett's post post game press conference and. He's like, yeah, I mean, we knew what they were doing every third down, you know, third and short, they're running. Hey, third and long, they're probably running too. So you're not surprising anybody with that. Third down needs a lot of work because that's been their lack of uh, the ability to sustain drives um, has really been the reason why they haven't won one of these past two games because both teams, Pittsburgh and Cleveland, were both trying to give you that game. And you just didn't take it from them. No, and so I don't know that there's that much we really want to talk about last week's game because it was bad. But the one thing that we do know is coming out of the bye week, they've been very conservative offensively in Pittsburgh and in Cleveland. And part of that is, you know, the quarterback situation, which I think we're very curious about. Yeah. I think we'll get some answers this week because in both of those games, it was on the road. The, the weather was, yeah. it was rainy, rainy, it was wet, yep. you know, uh, slippery balls. I mean, all of those different things play into playing or, or, or putting together a game plan, but actually calling offensive plays. Obviously, this week, it's going to be home. It's against the Chicago Bears, and it's an opportunity, if Goff is able to go, to you know, see something different from this offense other than just handing the ball off. I'm fine with them handing the ball off because it's been successful. Right. But you can't, be so, you can't be so one-dimensional. Yeah, to a point, yeah. And, and I, I, I'm with you on that. This is, Coach Campbell's used the last two weeks the weather, the quarterback situation as, nah, I mean, you can say an excuse as to why, uh, you know, they haven't called the passes, they haven't really gotten the passing game going. This this Thanksgiving Day game is going to be able, it's going to let us either call bullshit 
because if they just keep doing the same run, 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 third and ten, ah, oh, let's run it again. If they don't throw the ball downfield uh, this week, you can call bullshit on that. Now I think it's okay. They just don't trust the quarterback. They don't trust the receivers. They don't trust the passing game. There's no trust. So at least we're going to find out once they get into the dome game, controlled environment, turf, no weather, uh, to see what kind of changes they've made because we haven't gotten to see that and i know like you said the weather's been bad last couple games um you know cleveland threw the ball a lot i mean baker wasn't very accurate but you know we're gonna we're gonna see this week if if they really have any sort of confidence whoever's playing quarterback in their passing game yeah and i I really believe this is the opportunity for them to to test that out too because with Khalil Mack out and I know Hicks is is a really good pass rusher. Yeah. He's a so good he missed last week too. Right. I mean. And so if if for some reason both those guys are out, you protection should not be an issue. Yeah. But if if Khalil Mack who's on IR, we know he's not going to play. Now you've got one rusher and I really like the way that Taylor Decker has played the last couple of weeks, yeah. um, especially last week. Um, you know, after knocking some rust off in, in the game against Pittsburgh. But you've got Taylor Decker, you've got Penny Sewell. You should have your protection locked down. This should be an opportunity for them to be able to sit back. If Jared Goff needs some extra time to see the field, should be the way, this should be the week that he has that extra time to see the field. If he needs, you know, whatever he needs to be comfortable in the pocket, it should be available to, to him or to Tim Boyle if, if Goff can't go. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, be uh, Khalil Mack being out uh, is huge, you know, for the Lions. Uh, Keem Hicks didn't play last week. I don't know. When you miss a Sunday game, it's kind of hard to turn around and get ready for that Thursday, Thursday game. game. It comes up quick. I mean, Jared Goff's in the same situation. but um, And Akeem Hicks, I mean, even the first time they played him uh, in Chicago, he got hurt on, like, the first play of the game. And, you know, they still really couldn't get anything going. Yeah. It's like, man, you got to take advantage of that. But the one guy, that, the, the probably the good matchup's going to be, you know, they still have Robert Quinn. And Robert Quinn is still, uh, he's been doing it for a long time. He's a premier rusher in this league. And even last week, uh, with Khalil Mack being out, he was able to come through with three and a half sacks against Baltimore. So he's still a hell of a pass rusher, but you're right. I think uh, when you only have to worry about him, whether he lines up over Decker or over Sewell, there's ways that you can scheme, okay, well, we're thumping, we're chipping over here, or we're going to slide the guard to him. When you have two guys, three guys out there, it's a lot more stress on the offensive line. You can't help everybody. But, yeah, yeah I mean, they're definitely getting, uh, you know, the the bonus of Chicago coming in a little bit beat up, especially on the defensive line, um, to say, you know, this is just one of those games that the offensive line is going to have to control. And they've been doing a really nice job in the run game. Uh, they haven't gotten a lot of opportunities in the past game uh, just just with the play calling. But uh, I think this is that's probably going to be the matchup that I'm excited to see the most is how can that offensive line keep building off of what they've done the last two weeks. I mean, nobody goes into Pittsburgh and rushes for 100, you know, or two, 230 yards. Yeah. Nobody really goes into Cleveland and does that either. I know New England had some success the week before, but those are two really good defenses. You get another <laughs> good defense, uh, although missing a couple guys this week in Chicago, if you can continue to build off that run game, I mean, it's it, there's a lot of positives that can happen. You just got to get the passing game going to yep. me, to just to mesh up with that to keep those teams a little bit unbalanced on the defensive side. I'm I'm curious for you Thanksgiving Day. 
Um, you played obviously in Green Bay and Detroit, and I think we we determined before we went uh, on on record here that you played in five, <clears throat> five of them, three five. with Green Bay, and then the two with Detroit. Your favorite Thanksgiving Day moment of actually being on the field playing. Um. Man, it was probably watching Sue get ejected. <laughs> I can't remember what year that was, man. It was uh, maybe 12, 12, 13-ish, um, you know, where you know he, he stomped on my buddy Evan, uh, Evan Dietrich Smith, and he got tossed. But that was a huge moment of that game. I mean, you know, Sue was his, in, in those years, I mean, 11 to – 14 whenever he when he was here in Detroit I mean he was a bitch man yeah. to, to block you know good way you know like it was like holy shit, it's gonna be a long day when he got kicked out of that game I'm telling you our whole sideline was like <laughs> hell <laughs> yeah <you>. <laughs> yes <laughs> thank you dude <laughs> and then we went, uh, went on to win that game um it was a lot of gr- I mean playing when when I was with Green Bay you dreaded that Thanksgiving Day game um because anytime you have to travel for a Thursday game it just uh, it puts more stress on your body. It, you're taking away some of that recovery time mm-hmm. by having to travel. You're playing a, a twelve thirty game. <laughs> I mean, you're just losing all these hours of recovery from the previous week. Uh, it was tough. I think we were, I think we were two and one when I was in Green Bay. And the one year we lost, we lost bad. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was that was a collarbone year, and Matt Flynn. Uh, they, I mean, I'm telling you, we lost like forty. We got up, John. I think we got up ten nothing. Early in the game, we huh. lost forty to ten. It was just the slaughter <laughs> that killed us. And then, um, even playing in Detroit, I mean, you know, two thousand seventeen. That was that was the one loss uh, that was just really disappointing because we had Minnesota, uh, Green Bay wasn't great that year. I think Aaron was hurt again, um, and we had a chance to really take a grip of the division. Yeah. And uh, we just didn't play a great game. I think they beat us twenty seven to twenty. And after that, it was like man like that's the one you look back on saying could have gotten that one the whole season would have been a little bit different but it's always uh it's always fun to play and it's always a great environment um you know growing up in Detroit being from here just the memories of the Thanksgiving Day parade and then going right to the game and then uh sitting around with family watching the games like it's just like it's very nostalgic you know and it's it's just uh the energy in the building's always a little bit different I don't think anybody really cares about uh, you know, the the record at this yeah. point. I mean, we know it's not going to be a premier game with Chicago. I think they've lost five in a row. They're not great either. But um, it's always just, uh, it's one of those, like, maybe tourist events. Like, hey, we're just going to go down, watch the game. It's yeah, tradition. It's a family They've been doing it forever. Yeah. And, hey, whatever, man. It's going to be a heck of a time. But I know as players, I mean, it's it's challenging on your body. But it's, uh, it's also one of those just kind of unique, special games where, it's just, uh, it feels a little bit different. You yeah. know, it feels a little bit different. Everybody's watching. It's, it's a like prime a primetime game. game at noon. You yeah. know, it's a beautiful it's a, thing. It's a national game at noon. I mean, it's just got a different feel to it. And, and you know what? It, you made me think of this too, because there's something that happened last week in Cleveland. And Jonah Jackson said something dirty. Potty mouth. <laughs> about J- Jadavian Clowney's mommy. And was flagged for 15 yards. You also referenced that Sue, like when he was in there, right? He was he was a bitch to block. Yeah. And I'm wondering, well, like Jonah Jackson was not blocking Jadavian Clowney. No. And yet he's actively trying to piss him off. Uh, and you know that was Sewell's job um, yeah. to handle as a rookie. Uh, I was I was in that position a couple of times where. 
we're playing the Giants, right? I've got, you know, um, um, who's the guy with the gap in his teeth? He's on ABC. Strahan. Yeah, Strahan. Uh, Strahan is, is <laughs> it's a best <nice> description. <laughs> the guy with the gap. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Strahan. Yeah. Uh, I'm blocking Strahan. I couldn't think of his name for a second. And all of a sudden, like Trey Johnson, my guard, it keeps egging him on. Like, hey, Jansen's whooping your ass, you know, and and just keeps on talking. To him, and I kept telling him, I'm like, dude, dude, don't piss him off, man. Like, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to survive out here. And there was another time later in my career where I'm playing against Alonzo Spellman, and I don't know if he would have still been playing while you were, but he was obviously an Ohio State Buckeye, played for the Cowboys, played for a number of different teams, and he was one of those guys that was just bigger and badder than anybody else on the field when he wanted to be, Mm -hmm. when he got pissed off. But a lot of times he would enter a game and he would be very docile. And, you know, long arms. He's one of those guys that would stand on the sidelines and without bending over would be able to tie his shoes. Oh, yeah. And so i looking over at the, uh, you know, before kickoff and I can see him kind of just wandering around the sidelines and I'm thinking to myself, all right, I'm okay with this. And then Jay Lewenberg, who was one of our guards, we had just signed him from Denver. He gets kicked out of a game because he wants to fight uh, Alonzo Spellman. And Alonzo Spellman goes from very docile to very pissed (laughs) off. And then it's my job the rest of the day to deal with this long-armed dude. And it was a completely different deal. So Jonah Jackson, I I get to this long, through this long story to say, what in the hell, first of all, is Jonah Jackson doing to piss off somebody else that, that Penny Sewell has to block? But what do you think he said? Like I, that's man. I've never heard of a penalty being thrown for unsportsmanlike conduct because you you talk bad about somebody's yeah. mommy. I mean, unless you threaten somebody's life, like yeah. But, <laughs> but how realistic point? is it on the field? Right? You you we're all talking. <laughs> Listen, the NFL field is not the place for officials to start policing bad words. Okay, no. I mean that's what. And man, I still haven't gotten to the bottom of it yet. I remember. Uh, being on the sideline, I kind of asked one of the guys, what happened? Oh, Jonah said something. I'm like, what the hell did he say? What, what, like, what, was, what, that's it? Like, what yeah. did he say? I mean, there's bad words all, all the time, you know? Um, I don't know what, I don't know how you could justify that unless, you know, sometimes the referee, like, because that, I, I will say at that point of the game, I mean, it was chippy. It was really chippy. I mean, that's he, okay. He, which is fine, yeah, but you could tell. And I think it started on uh, the Swift's touchdown run, and you could see Sewell goes out, throws a block on Clowney. Uh, Clowney tries to disengage. He tries to hip toss him, and Sewell just kind of gave him a couple extra shoves. And the whole way down the field, I mean, those guys were in each other's face, just mm-hmm. yapping, yapping, yapping. You could see the referees come in. Uh, they're getting ready for the extra point. Sewell's kind of pointing at Clowney across the line, like, get your ass lined up. Let's go, you know, MF, or let's go line up, you know. And it's just like, oh, I mean, we, 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 we got to yeah. keep my eye on this, right? So it was, I don't think Jonah was instigating anything with that. It was already, it was a battle that was brewing yeah. for a while now. And then, you know, the Lions get the ball back. And I'm watching the next, like, three plays. Uh, Jadavion and Sewell were literally getting into it after every play. I mean, as soon as the whistle blew, there were two referees coming in, like warning those guys. Yeah. Um, and then the weird, you know, that that whole sequence was weird because there was nothing after the play. There was nothing physical. They go to a TV timeout, end a quarter. All of a sudden, you see a flag laying on the field. I don't know if maybe it was just one of those. 
warnings. Hey, you got, hey, yeah, pipe keep, down, pipe it down or else, you know, and that's maybe, you know, as a player, okay, he's getting, you know, maybe the rest take, you know, it's had enough. Uh, I don't know if you just got one last <laughs> yeah. mama joke in there or what it was, but yeah, I, I don't know. And to go back to your point though, I mean, you're right. I was the same type of player when I was playing and most starting offensive linemen are like that. Hey, you know, it, you can tell early in the game if the guy you're blocking is going to be a dick, if he's going to be an asshole, or if he's going to be just kind of, you know, yeah. hey, hey, you can butter him up a little bit, we yeah. used to say, right? Hey, good yeah. to see a big guy on family. You know, <laughs> hey, if they talk back to you, <laughs> yeah. you know, you kind of got him. It's like, okay, it's good. Let's, yeah. We're going to battle, obviously, but there's no hatred. There's other guys that you try to butter up and they don't talk, and you're like, okay, like this one's going to suck. But yeah. what, I, I just one quick story. I mean, Brian Balaga was. Like, just like you, do not touch my guy, do not piss my guy off, do not do anything. And we had, we, I think it was against Chicago when Julius Peppers was there. And Julius was very quiet. He wore a dark visor. You couldn't see his face. Uh, I never heard Julius Peppers' voice until he got to Green Bay in 2014 when I talked to him for the first time. After playing against him for four, you never heard him talk. Yeah, I'm nothing. not against him in Carolina. I, nothing. I couldn't tell you what he sounded like. You, you, and that's We used to have a joke. What do you think Julius Peppers' voice sounds like? <laughs> <laughs> like, what's up, guys? <laughs> I mean, it was a joy, joke in the locker room. And, yeah. uh, but uh, anyways, we get into this goal line play, and one of our backup Offensive lineman comes in, checks in as eligible, lines up as goal line tight end. Uh-huh. Uh Not a backup. Throws, didn't piss him throws, off. Throws a block on Julius Peppers. After the play, gets up in his face, starts yapping. Brian Belaga ripped this kid's ass. Yeah, on because the he's going off the field. What the f- are you doing coming to this game, uh-huh. pissing off Julius? I'm the f-ing one who's got to block him, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh my god, he snapped on him, and I'm sitting there. I'm agreeing with Brian. I'm like, dude, like they've got a good little thing going over there. And Julius is the type of guy. He was obviously a freak. I'm convinced if Julius Peppers played, you know, pissed off every single snap, there's not anybody that could stop him. But Same Julius was kind of one of those guys where yeah. he, he was a very nice guy. And if you, you know, didn't do anything dirty to him, he was going to do his job as you were going to do yours. Right. But after that, I mean, every single play was just like atomic bull rush. And I'm looking at Blog and I'm just laughing. I'm chucked because I know Brian's all pissed off because they they had a good thing going on until somebody came and pissed him off. But uh, man, that's that's a good story. But yeah, I don't know. That's that's my job this week. It's your homework to find out out. exactly what Jonah Jackson said so we can either. Uh, dissect it, and we can try to figure out if it was worthy, it was worthy. of 15 right, yards. If you're going to get 15 yards, and I don't know if they can get a fine, you know, you kind of there's really nowhere to prove it, but yeah. uh, usually when you get in a sportsman, like a fine comes with it. Um, we're going to have to, we got to find out if he got his money's worth. Absolutely. Um, uh, where's that line? Well, yeah, to get your money. So, I mean, it's got to be something. I don't know, Isaiah. It's, it's got to be the most vulgar thing worth out of it. <laughs> it's got to be the most vulgar words I've ever heard. Yes. It, it'll be interesting. I'm going to try to find out. That's my yeah, job this week. There you go. Uh, I do want to transition to the college football season because we are in. It, it's prime time of the football season, and it's been a, a buildup. It's been a unique college football season because, other than Georgia and really Georgia's defense. It doesn't feel like there's a dominant team in college football this year. A couple of questions. One, what do you think happens tonight in the college football playoff committee comes out with their rankings? And more importantly, I think Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, it's going to be one, two, three. Georgia at one, 
two or three, who cares where they are right now? Yeah. That number four spot. Two might be Ohio State. It, two might be Ohio yeah. State. Yeah, that's why I said it. it but it doesn't right. really matter because two and They're three gonna are going to play three, anyway. Right. Um, the number four spot. Does Cincinnati take it? Or does Michigan, did they do enough against Maryland? Was Maryland a good enough opponent to jump Cincinnati because Michigan State's going to drop out? I'm going to sound like a homer, but yes. Yes. I think just the fact that um, you look at Cincinnati, okay, their one premier win is what? Notre Dame. Yeah. Okay, Notre Dame. Okay. That's it. They're not. That's it. Know, yeah. I mean, they're not. No, and especially Notre Dame. I know they're nine and one, but um, they don't really have a premier win. Right. Both neither of those teams have played anybody, and no. I think you can say that now after ten weeks. Yeah. Right. You couldn't say that after week two or week three because everybody thought, well, Wisconsin stinks. Wisconsin turned out. You know, they're pretty good football team they've kind of figured it out and they've been consistent on defense right and i know notre dame beat them early in the year um put up 41 uh, on a good defense yeah you did and but i don't know i mean i just i i'm not in favor for rewarding teams uh that not playing anybody that don't play anybody especially the last four games i mean you look at what the big 10 has to go through and usually what the sec has to go through i mean their playoffs usually start week 10 Right, you lose after that. Yeah, it's so, and you're playing. I mean, you're playing good ass teams, right? Michigan, they had to play, obviously Penn State, who yeah. kind of fell off a little bit, but they were a top five team for a long time. You have to go to Maryland, which okay, Maryland, Maryland, okay, it's not you know an incredibly impressive win, but now you got Ohio State on this cut. You look at Cincinnati the last couple games, SMU, and this week they got East Carolina, and then yeah. the conference championship. I think they're going to be lined up against Houston, I believe, which. Yeah. Okay, nobody's looking at that schedule saying they deserve to be right. You know, yeah, they just just they uh, haven't been at risk week exactly. in and week out yeah. because I mean, t- take Michigan State for example. They have a big win against they play Michigan, and they take a trip down to West Lafayette. And is Michigan State a better team than Purdue? Nine times out of ten, they probably win that game. Right, but that's the risk you run in the Big Ten. Michigan went to Wisconsin. Michigan went to to Nebraska, and are any of them great teams? You could argue Wisconsin is a, is a a good team, but you're at risk of playing against a team that could at any moment put it together. If Adrian Martinez doesn't turn the ball over against Michigan State, against Michigan, against Ohio <laughs> State. <laughs> That could have been a team that gave an L yeah. to any one of yeah. those three. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And Cincinnati had to get up for one road game, mm-hmm. and that was a trip to South Bend. And that's what everybody in the country right now who is a Cincinnati supporter is is hanging their hat on, that they got up for one game, they won in South Bend, and that's supposed to be good enough right. to carry you for an yeah. entire then, season. Then you go play Temple, UCF, Navy, Tulane, Tulsa, USF, SM, like, yeah. you know what I mean? What do you do? Who cares, right? And are, you, are they a good team? Yes, they are a good team. But I'm not in favor for rewarding a team that doesn't play anybody, mm-hmm. right? It's kind of like the UCF treatment from, uh, gosh, what was that? Was seven, four eight years, years ago, ago yeah. with Blake Bortles when they went undefeated and Scott, Scott Frost. Frost and they're hanging banners down there. And yeah. it's it's the same situation though, right? You yeah. didn't have to, you didn't prove yourself like these other teams. And did. I think you that was play. a better team than this Cincinnati team. Probably. And they and didn't get in. Cincinnati's a pretty good football team, but it's so hard to, 
it's so hard to judge because they're just not playing anybody, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Cincinnati could go play Alabama and lose by 60, or they could surprise some people and be a one-score game. Like, you just don't know yeah. because you don't know how to base it off of common opponents, right? And even the Notre Dame game, that was like week three or four. So, <clears throat> lots changed since then. Are they a good team? Yes. They, just for me, though, it, it's not enough. It's not enough to uh, just be undefeated when you've played a bunch of slappies, right? Yep. I don't think you should be rewarded for that. I think if you're looking at the rankings, I think, yes, I, I think I do think Michigan does deserve to jump them um, just because they've, they've had the tougher road. I mean, they've had the tougher road. And even if Alabama or, you know, Georgia loses, I mean, I still don't uh, even still think be- you drop them like yeah. below, you know, Cincinnati. I do not see, I guess the only path I would see for Cincinnati to, to potentially get into the playoff would be, uh, you know, if Michigan loses, you have two losses and maybe, I mean, see, but if, even in the SEC championship game, if Georgia beats Alabama, Alabama would have two losses, but how are you going to put Cincinnati in over Alabama? Alabama <laughs> would probably destroy them, you know? So maybe that's the only path that they have. They're going to bump yeah. up a little bit just because Oregon, uh, you know, got whooped by Utah. Yeah. Utah talk about a team that's playing good football <laughs> yeah. right now. That's Utah. Yeah, that was a, oof, that was a rough game for them. But yeah, I, I, I mean, I mean, I feel like I'm rambling, but yes, I do. I do not believe in rewarding uh, the non-Power 5 teams um, for playing softball schedules. I just yep. don't. So as the rankings are right now at recording, it is Ohio State at four. This is per last Tuesday. Yep. Michigan at six. They obviously face each other in the big house this weekend. Give me one reason why Michigan wins and give me one reason why Michigan loses. One reason why Michigan will win, I got to say the pass rush. I got to say Hutchinson, mm-hmm. Ojabo combo. I think if you get pressure on Stroud uh, without having to blitz, yeah. uh, without having to bring more than four guys, um, I think you've got a chance. I really do. And those guys have been playing, man, just, I'm, I've... I kind of have to eat some crow on my Hutchinson take from about a month ago. I said <laughs> Hutchinson is a nice player, but he just doesn't do it. I mean, the yeah. last couple games, he's been a beast. Uh, he's been a monster. And Ojabo has, you can make an argument, has probably been better. <laughs> Those yeah. two guys are incredible. But, yeah, I think if there's one way that Michigan can win, it's got to be with their defensive line, starting with those defensive ends. You know how State's going to be throwing the ball a ton. Uh, if you can get pressure in the backfield with just those two guys rushing four, um, make it a little bit more uncomfortable for a freshman yeah. playing in a big-time game, uh, maybe you got a shot. I'm going to give you, before we get to the one reason why they don't win, I'm going to give you another reason why I think they can win, and that is the reason at the beginning of the year why everybody was so upset about Michigan's offense. Do they need to be explosive at some point and have a few explosive plays to put points on the board? Yes. But if you can control the tempo of the game, if you can possess the football, win time of possession um, with the Michigan running game, and the fact that now you have, hopefully you get Blake Horn back. You've got Hassan Haskins, who's been a, a workhorse, and you add in there the ability to throw Donovan Edwards the ball coming out of the backfield, if you can have a few extended drives, like 12, 13, 14 play drives, eat up seven or eight minutes and keep that offense of Ohio State off the field, 
don't allow them to get a rhythm. Now, can they come out and score in a minute and a half? Sure, but that's where your key comes in of being able to put pressure on C.J. Stroud. If they can possess the ball and run the football, take some time off the clock, get a rhythm themselves, I think that's another way that Michigan has an advantage in this game. Yeah. So. One reason why they lose. Yeah. I'll keep it simple. Harbaugh. <laughs> I just, uh, you know, I and he has done a much better job the last couple of weeks. I think that Penn State game, um, albeit, I mean, you know, their defense bailed them out big time. Um, and Haskins yep. <laughs> played awesome that game too. But this is just, uh, I, I'm still at the point, I'm not at the point yet where, you know, I, I don't know if I've changed my mind on Jim Harbaugh. And I'm still, I'm just kind of at that point, I got to see it to believe it, yeah, right? I've been, yeah. I've been, uh, feel like I've been burned so many times in the last six years of uh, believing in this team and then, uh, you Get know, up, they let up 63 points. Like, you know what I mean? And oh, it's yeah. just like, it's, you, you, yeah, you feel like you've been let down so many times in these big games um, that it's just, it's hard to jump in again. It's hard to really uh, just jump in and, and put faith in him and believe. I mean, if Jim Harbaugh, uh, I think he needs to win this game if he wants to show that he's different, that this team is different, because this has always been a game um, that, things start to go a little south and uh, I'm just not at the I'm not I, I, I just have to see it first and I, I want to see I want to see creativity right mm-hmm. I don't want to see you know dive on first down dive on second and nine up oh, third and eight oh, now we got to throw it. you know what I mean because yep. that's been that's the way that that's the losing recipe in my mind for them I want to see some creativity whether that's more uh, getting the quarterback involved uh, in the run game, right? And we know Cade McNamara's got some legs. He can run. Yeah. Uh, McCarthy, I don't know. It's a big game for a freshman. Yeah. Uh, maybe throw some wrinkles in with him. I just well, we didn't see, see him in the Penn State game. I, I guess what I'm saying, I want to see them play. <clears throat> I want to see them play like they've got nothing to lose. Like yeah. they're the dogs, right? I want to see them play like underdogs. Just we're throwing everything at you. You know what I mean? We're, yeah. we're not going into this game arrogant or cocky and, hey, we're going to do what our what you do and we're going to do it the Michigan way. Like, screw that, man. Like, go out there and do something different. Do something unique and leave it all out there, right? This is this is probably the best chance they've had, um, you know, at least in the last four years yeah. uh, to win this game. You get them at home. Mm-hmm. You get a freshman quarterback. It's a big-time moment for C.J. Stroud now. It could be a Heisman moment or it could be, Hey, yep. It's a little too much for a freshman, but I I, I really think it's going to come down to how Harbaugh gets his team ready, and I want to see. I'm I'm just at that point, John. I need to see it to believe. Yep. It. I, I I won't disagree. Um, and it's a valid point. Uh, for me, the one reason, like I, I talked about, the reason to win. This is my reason that they don't win, and it's has the secondary been tested enough? We saw him against Jahan Dotson at Penn State. We saw him against Rakeem Jarrett last week at Maryland. Uh, two high-quality receivers, although one, I mean, on different Saturdays, you didn't see them together. Right. Now you've got three guys in Smith and Jigbo, Garrett and Wilson. This is, uh, I'm sorry, yeah. Garrett Wilson and, and, and Garrett Wilson yeah. and Olave, yeah. I, I separated two of them. <laughs> yeah, combined them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but this is the biggest challenge this secondary is going to have. By far. Yeah. And, and, it's, and quite honestly, it's the biggest challenge any secondary that Ohio faces is going to have yeah. because 
they are just that talented yeah. and that deep. And it's hard to cover that many guys with that with that ability to make plays, with that speed, with that explosive ability, and the fact that they are not, not just their athletic ability, but they run really good routes. They yeah. run great routes in combination to each other. That's going to be the biggest challenge. And if Michigan's secondary can't hold up against them, it, it's it's going to be a long day. I don't know if it's as long as you know Sparty had last Saturday, but it, it, the outcome won't be any different. Well, especially the safeties. I think the safeties are going to have to play a really, really good game. I mean, yep. you look at what Ohio State does. Um, if you're Michigan, I mean, it's got to be. You know that they're going to make their plays. You know they're going. They've got a great offense. Just try to limit the explosives, right? Mm-hmm. And I think Ohio State did what, what they did. I think best against Michigan State was that whole first drive. You know, five yard pass, six yard pass, five yard pass, three yard pass, five yard pass. And then the rest of the game, you saw Michigan State safeties kind of creeping up to 10, 12 yards. Yeah. Boom, over the top, big play touchdown. And that's where it can get away from you. If you make Ohio State go Dink and dunk. 10, 12, 14 play drives, uh, it, it, you're giving yourself, okay. They, yes. Okay. Do we give up? It's kind of that bend but don't break mentality, right? Yep. Okay. If they're going to score on us, make them go the length of the field. Make them take at least six, seven minutes off the clock. The nightmare scenario is what happened to Michigan State. Yeah. Going down twenty-eight, nothing like that because you just don't. I mean, and it's Michigan. Yeah. There's not a lot of teams that have the firepower that can come back from that type yeah. of hole. But they, I think it's got to be the safeties, the discipline of them, not. Giving, not letting Olave, not letting these guys get behind you, get deep. Don't let up that 60, 70-yard play. Keep everything in front of you. And get off the field on third down, man. If you get into third and long, that's where these defensive ends really got to make some make some hay, make some money. And it's going to be a – I hope it's a good game. I yeah. really do. That's what you college know, football deserves. You know, I don't – I mean, I don't hate Jim Harbaugh. I'm not a fan. But if there's <laughs> – Ryan Day hates Jim Harbaugh. Oh, yeah. There, <laughs> he's he's going to try to hang 80 on that. some animosity <laughs> there. I mean, it, what you saw against Michigan State where they're up, uh, you know, 49 nothing. they're pulling all their starters. That's against Michigan. That ain't happening. They're, no. they're still throwing the ball deep. They're trying to embarrass them. Going for two. Yeah. If our, I mean, this is this is a heck of an opportunity, man. I'm excited for the game. I don't know if, as a Michigan fan, if I'm getting my hopes up. I would be surprised if they win. Um but, you know, this is a chance for Jim Harbaugh, in my mind, to kind of flip the script and show people, you know, that he, he deserves to be here and and yeah. maybe got a chance to get Michigan back to what they were when you were there, John. Yes, that's, that's a long time ago. <laughs> but, hey, I tell you what, great weekend of college football coming up. Obviously, uh, listen to uh, TJ as part of the broadcast this Thursday, Thanksgiving Day. We're thankful for you, the listener. Uh, so much to be thankful for. hope that everybody has a, a safe, healthy, and happy Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you next week on Necessary Roughness.